I'm Mick Torres. I'm Ashley Argoda, and, and we, we are Mismo. Today's episode, we talked about work-life balance. It's something that has taken me a very long time to master, and I don't think I've mastered it quite yet. <laughs> it's a lifelong journey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we also give a couple updates about the podcast and some work things, and uh, it was good to have a, a one-on-one episode again. So enjoy. Ashley. Nick. What's new? Nothing much. What's new with you? Same, you know. Have you loved having guests back on this show? I have. Me too. Yeah. It's been really fun to catch up with some friends of ours, to see how they're dealing with quarantine, to interview somebody that we'd never met before. We interviewed Tia Altenay, which was really exciting for us. That was super fun. That, that was. Um, I loved talking to her. I loved her episode. And uh, I, like, I'll say I miss hosting people, like, when they come over here. Totally. Totally. I miss the social interaction of that. But the fact that we've been able to interview people, we interviewed Shalanda in Florida. Mm-hmm. Tia was in New York. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. We have some great ones coming up who are also not in town. So, yeah, it's been really cool. It's been... Fun to talk to friends that are that are not in California and, and catch up with them and see how they're dealing with everything. And meet new friends. I really did like that about Tia, and I hope yeah. we continue to, you know, Build a expand out yeah. and meet some new people yeah. through this. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, we just kind of jumped right into talking about the podcast. We did. One other uh, change that people probably have noticed is you haven't heard commercials for the past month or so. You have not. And uh, we are working on that right now. We are. Um, enjoy them while they're not around. <laughs> just It won't last forever. <laughs> just take that free ride all the way through the episode with no break. No no me making uh, bad anchor jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I quite liked our anchor jokes. I thought they were pretty clever. All right. Uh, the first, like, once. But by the 12th time you've heard that commercial. Sure. But I just would like... For everybody to know, listening to those previous Anchor commercials, when you're like, what is something that's heavy? Or like, whatever you say. My answer is so genuine because when we recorded those commercials, like, there's no script for that. We just, like, we just kind of went with it. Well, and I think Anchor did have talking points They had us. talking points, but it's up to us to, like, incorporate the talking points. So when yeah. you were like, Ashley, what's something that's heavy? Me being like, I, I can't remember what I said in the commercial, but whatever I said in the commercial was such a genuine, like, heartfelt reaction, and it was not the word anchor in the slightest, but I will commend you because you brought me back to the fact that the answer should have been anchor, and then you hit all the talking points for the commercial, so it was it was quite excellent. Well, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just bragging on you that's all we had fun doing that we did <laughs> um but but we are talking to a couple of different brands we are uh, for some sponsorships i mean brands that both of us are quite excited about really really excited we're not going to announce yet no but, uh <laughs> i would i would guess um i would say at the latest at the top of 2021 yeah we're gonna have a couple of um new things and hopefully that's gonna mean you know discount codes for our listeners and stuff like that yeah we'd love to give that to you guys 
So all that's happening. Yeah. Um, Fun things. So yeah, part. Let's do it backwards. Let's let's just have a backwards day because there sure. are no rules and there are no rules. There never are rules. No. No. <laughs> uh, so we give a podcast update. Any any life updates? Any other stuff? Not that I can work updates. Think of no. I finished filming. Did I, have I talked about this on the podcast yet? Don't log Ooh, off. Oh boy, did you? I think we did last time. We might have talked about it a little bit. When did you? Didn't you but... film that in July? Possibly. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, I don't even remember. <laughs> Wait, didn't. I feel like I, I think yeah, I think I finished at end of July. Um, but yeah, I, I finished uh, filming. Don't log off, and it was super fun. And I think you guys are gonna see that movie, hopefully pretty soon. But you know, it was really interesting to have a job during quarantine, have a have a gig during quarantine. Um, you worked with some good people on that one. I did. It was fun because I worked with people who have known. I mean, since I was a, a teenager, we kind of all grew up together in the business. We would see each other at events. We would, you know, we would just see each other around all the time. Um, and that group that I worked with, they all, like, became the best of friends. And, and they definitely became, like, a, a huge friend group. And one, I'm so honored and touched that they thought of me to do the movie. But it was also just so great to reconnect with them and, like, and just do some really cool work with them. I had a great time. Yeah, it was I'm, fun. I'm looking forward to that coming out. Yeah. It was also nice to be my own camera person. That's never happened to me before. So That's right. Yeah. I mean, we shot it. Essentially, everything is shot on either, you know, a laptop or a phone. So we were just our own camera people. We had a slate. We would have to slate before every take that we did and make sure the camera was rolling and make sure the lighting was good. We had, like, people on the other end of the Zoom call telling us about the lights and, and giving us direction and stuff like that. But, I mean... We were we were pretty much handling everything that needed to be done. It was crazy. That was really impressive. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to see what the camera work looks like on that. It was. I remember it was really um, it was really crazy for me at first because they wanted it to look as natural as possible. And when I when I FaceTime like on my phone, I make a point to make sure that like my face is always on like on the screen properly and like it's not shooting up my nose you know what I mean and uh they wanted it to be a little bit more natural than that so it took me a minute to adjust to like letting the phone quote-unquote phone drop to my side or like not show my face in full view because that's just how I personally do it but when I got used to it it was it was pretty cool like getting to just man the camera it was awesome (laughs) yeah I had fun um I guess that's Kind of the only update I have, we got, uh, this is a fun update just from our personal lives. We got houseplants, you guys. Oh, we sure did. We fully have houseplants now. We're the proud parents of, what do we got, five? Is it five now? Oh my gosh, it's five. We got this one right here. Yes, the weeping fig. We've got the spider plant downstairs. We've (laughs) got the money tree. We've got the money plant. And we've got the aloe vera. I would like to state for the record, we did go to the nursery fully expecting, was it two plants? We were only going to buy two? There's not a second that I believed we were only going to get two. I really believed we were going to do it because I was like, there is no no space in our house for more than two plants. It's like, we have to get two. And then it was like, it was two, but then like one needed a new pot because we needed a bigger pot. So then like what we were going to do with the other pot. So we got another one. I knew we were going to overdo it. It was just like when I used to walk into Sam French and say, I just need one play. Sure. 
Sure. I've never left Sam French with less than four bucks. It's like when I walk into Sephora and I'm like, I just need my eyeliner. And then I walk out with all of the makeup. That's the same thing, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's exactly the same thing. And um, where is Samuel French now? Online. It's only online, right? I think so, yeah. I think they closed down the store. Is there another location? Oh, they definitely closed down the store on um, Sunset. Yeah, so the one on Sunset used to be walking distance from my old West Hollywood place, and I was still living there when they closed it down. Ugh. And I I really, like, if there would have been any point to me doing this, I would have tied myself to the front door like people do to trees <laughs> to keep that place open. Absolutely. I was devastated when that closed. It was so sad. I mean... I was devastated when it closed. Sam French, ugh. Sam French used to be the place that, like, you went to get um, books that had agencies and managers' names and numbers and contact information in it so you could send them. There was a new one every year. Yeah, so you could send them your headshot and be like, hi, I'm looking for representation. So, Mm -hmm. like, obviously we don't do that anymore. We have the internet for that now. But, I mean, it used to be, like, the place to go for, for plays and for musicals and stuff like that. But also... It was really important, and I am devastated that it closed. Books on acting, books on writing. Yeah, all of it. I'm pretty sure a majority of the books in our bookshelf are Sam French books. A lot of them are. What I'm bringing to the table Mm -hmm. in terms of contributing to our bookshelf either (laughs) came from college textbooks. Sure. um, Classic, like, fiction. Uh Uh-huh. An occasional self-help book here and there. Sure. Self-help isn't even the right word, but like yoga-inspired book. Yeah, inspirational. Sure. Yeah. Some Ram Dass, sure. some uh, John Kabat-Zinn, some mm-hmm. of those type of... Uh, we love a Jen Zinjero. A Donna Farhi. Yep. And then the whole rest came from Sam French, and that's probably 70%. Yes. Yeah. It's insane. We love Sam French. Speaking of reading things, we wrote something. Yes, I see that you ha- you're you holding a script in your hand right now. Because Nick. he didn't say it, and so then I just subtly was going to remind you by holding our printed script here. As I was talking, you very subtly took it off of our desk to you show You were like, me. yeah, there's nothing else. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> right. You guys, we finished the first draft of a movie. We finished writing the first draft of a movie. We wrote a screenplay together. I mean, wow. Um... Let's, uh, it's not titled right now. No, it's not. Um, we'll, we'll say what it's about, uh, a little bit later on, Mm -hmm. but the important thing is we finished it ahead of schedule. Way ahead of schedule. After we got it outlined, we laid out a schedule to write it in about a three month period and it took us about two months. Mm -hmm. Um, I loved doing that with you. I loved writing dialogue with you. Me too. Um, Right now, we are intentionally not looking at it. We printed it out exactly a week ago. Mm-hmm. We forced ourselves to give ourselves a little bit of distance away from it sure. so that when we go back to reread it for rewrites, we have fresh eyes. And, and uh, so we'll probably read it, I'd say, tomorrow and uh, and begin begin draft two. But um, yeah, I, I feel I feel great about it. I'm so excited that that happened. At the beginning of quarantine, you told me uh, you would think it a success if we came out of quarantine with one written script. Yeah. And I, at the beginning of quarantine, I was like, eh, yeah, but that's probably not going to happen. Like, eh. 
Um, and then we kind of more seriously talked about it. We had a few stories that we were we were working on, and one kind of just really caught our attention. And I am so grateful to you because, as you know, I was very adamant in this process about being like, oh, you're going to write it, and then I'm just going to edit it because I'm so much better at, like, seeing a scene or seeing, like, a, a finished script and saying, oh, this is what I think could be better about it and helping rewrite that way than I am about staring at a blank page and going, oh, no, 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 this is, a, this is what I want to write. This is how I want it to go from, like, beginning, middle to end. And I remember you being like, no, you should write it. And I've always been pretty good about writing like novels and just like writing stories and stuff like that but I've never sat down to write as much as I've read a bunch of scripts I've never sat down to write an actual script um and it was really daunting for me but you were such an amazing support um we really really split the load 50 50 on it I would write when you were training in the mornings and then you would write at night and then we would kind of just like we'd collaborate on final draft and we would like look over what each other wrote and, and make our edits and, and give notes and stuff like that. So it was a really fun collaborative process about a story that means a lot to me. And I'm really grateful I got to do it with you because I trust you and I can't believe we have our first draft of a written script just sitting in our office. I love it. It's so crazy every time I come in. And for your first time writing dialogue, I, you wouldn't know because you have a very clear voice. <laughs> Thank you. As a writer. Thank you. Yeah. It, um, I, you know, we talked about this. You get, you know, sides for auditions and you kind of know right off the bat, like, if the sides are good or bad. And I kind of, um, that was kind of my gauge for writing. Like, if, if it was a scene you wrote or I wrote, I would look at it and go, okay, if I got this scene as sides for an audition would it make sense to me and is this any good that was kind of my gauge for writing things. yeah i don't i don't want any actor to receive our breakdown and be like yeah what is this because <laughs> we've been on the other end of it so we know like we know that there are actors that are going to be like gross who wrote this yeah like uh and like they're going to be self-taping it and they're going to be like i have to make this dialogue work and i don't want that to happen like i want them to love it. I want them to like, I really want them to love it. So, you know, I'm just, I'm so proud that we got it done and ahead of schedule. We love, we love being ahead of schedule yeah. and we were really far ahead of schedule and I'm really looking forward to starting edits and rewrites on it yeah. and then eventually showing it to some of our close friends and seeing what they think and getting some notes from them. That'll be next. I know. Oh boy, that's going to be scary, showing it to other people. Yeah. Well. I like that it's our little baby right hopefully now. Hopefully we to show everybody eventually. I hope so. I'm yeah. really proud of it. I really am. I know it's just the first draft, but I really am proud of what we did. Well, that'll be that'll be a fun stuff to talk about on the podcast as we carry on because, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, we want to get it made and we know that that is a, quite a journey to um, go from... We've taken a huge step to go from we have an idea to we have a finished script is such a great accomplishment. So we've just been enjoying that yeah. celebration for this week. But then to go from I have a script to getting it greenlit, to getting it filmed, to getting it distributed, 
is going to be a whole nother journey. So hopefully we'll have updates over the next four and a half years yeah. for you on that. Um, I talked to my manager the other day and she did say that the hardest part of it all is just staring at a blank page and doing it. Yeah. Um, so I'm just really proud that we, we looked at the blank page yeah. and we conquered it. Well, once we got a few good scenes written, um, we really picked up the pace because then oh, we knew yeah. where we were going. Like we had yeah. it all outlined. We did note cards um, before we wrote a single word of dialogue and the note cards stayed mostly right. But of course, mm -hmm. as you write, you go back and you change things because mm -hmm. you discover things through the writing process. But but then we, we did. We got like in a good groove with it and um, I would kind of you know how I like to set goals, so I'd say let's be on this page by Friday or whatever. And You actually didn't tell me that we had page goals for a little while just to keep the pressure off. And then I think it was when we were a, either like right on the goal or like just a little bit ahead of the goal. You finally were like, just so you know. So I was just uh, actually at the dentist and sitting in the waiting room. This was like <laughs> three months ago. Um, we had been talking about the note cards they weren't up on the wall yet mm -hmm. but I wrote down every Saturday where I wanted to be by every single Saturday and um, with the goal being to be done by my birthday which is coming up September 25th um, <laughs> if anyone wants to send gifts it's no, September 25th no don't send gifts uh, I'll, I'll, I'll post uh, my favorite uh, charity to donate there to. you go yeah. that's nice yeah um, and we finished well before that. But yeah, I didn't tell you that I had laid out a plan until I think we got around page 30. Mm -hmm. And I was noticing that we just kind of happened to be staying on track without me like pushing it too hard. And then I told you. And then we took And then off. I was like, oh, we're on schedule? Watch me work. <laughs> and then I just bolted. So and every time. <laughs> <laughs> every time you were in a session. In the mornings, I would, in a training session in the mornings, I would, like, split my time between, like, working out and, like, doing the kettlebell. And then in my breaks between kettlebell sets, I would, I would write. And then just, like, it was, like, work out, write, work out, write, take a shower, write, 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 write for the rest of the day. And we just got it done. We got it done so quickly. I remember telling Peter the night that we finished, I was like, yeah, we just have a couple scenes to go. And even then, I was thinking, oh, it's probably going to take us another couple days. Like, we'll, we'll take our time. And we finished it that night. Yeah. And it was astonishing. I'm yeah. so excited and so proud that we did that and so grateful I got to write with you. It was definitely one of our goals. It's on our um, it's on our little vision board here in the office. It, it says is. to find a project we love and and write it together. And um, and that happened and we, we yeah. got to check that off. Yeah. So it's really exciting. Well, you were just talking about uh, staying up late and, and getting yeah. the stuff done. So that segues into our conversation for today, which is yeah. work-life balance. Woof. Okay, so I think, oh I think that we just like went for it because we were on a project. Yeah. Actors work on a project basis and by writing something, we gave ourselves a project to work on. Yes. And depending on how intense and how, you know, demanding a project is, 
there are times when, as an actor, you just, like, don't worry about work-life balance. You just do the <laughs> job. You just show up and life just kind of... Yeah. You know, <laughs> you remember, like, pre-COVID when people used to hang out with each other, like, you know, Vaguely. go to places? So when you're in a show, you just say, like, I can't. I have rehearsal or I have a show. <laughs> My like. favorite saying of all time. <laughs> um, but truly, I mean, we've both had times where it really just, that's the whole thing. Yeah. And that's okay, I think, because work-life balance is just different for an actor mm -hmm. because it's not, it, it's not a normal schedule. But yeah. then we have these long periods of nothing. Of nothing. <laughs> and... One of our favorite Mismo quotes from Natalie Lander, Lean Into the Pause, mm -hmm. is, um, you know, when you're on a project, you just, if you pour yourself into it, then you can feel good about relaxing and not not taking that pause to beat yourself up that you're not working right then. I think we've definitely had to remember Natalie's words as this quarantine has happened. Oh, yeah. Just lean into the pause. She's one of our, I think, our second to last Mismo guest before Safer at Home happened. Because it was Natalie, and I believe it was Megan Barker after that. Yeah, I'm so, so glad we got her yeah. in before. Yeah, Natalie always, like, I've talked to her a few times during quarantine, and she's always like, you guys were some of the last people I saw before quarantine hit. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I've had to remember that a lot during quarantine. Just lean into the pause. You have to, yeah, those, those words have definitely resonated with me during this time. Is there a time in your career you can remember when you were crazy busy and it just took over your life? Yes. Are there 50 times there that that's happened? One billion times where that's happened. Okay. There are two that are coming to mind. Once, I can't remember if this is before or after Iceland, and Iceland will have something to do with this in just a second, but there was a point where, I think I have a photo of it somewhere on my phone. I was doing three stage shows at one time. I was doing a show called, a reading for a show called Invisible. I was doing a reading for a show called Hipster Sweatshop, which was a staged reading like at Rockwell with full audience. And then I was doing um, an iteration of Romeo and Juliet Love as a Battlefield at the Prospect Theater. And I was doing all three of them at the same time. And I remember the photo is somewhere on my phone. I had to write down, not just in like, because I like to do my planner by weeks. But I had to take the month view. It was like a month and a half. And um, essentially color code my entire six weeks because I needed to know where I was going to be at all times. And there was no space for like hanging out. There was no space for like any extra activities. There was no space for any extra events. It was just going to be those three things for six weeks. And on top of that, that was just like rehearsals and stuff for for Love is a Battlefield. After those six weeks had ended, I was still doing performances of Love is a Battlefield every weekend after that. So it was, that is probably one of the times in my life I have felt like way overworked. That, and I remember... Um, there was a point in True Jackson, actually, where I believe it was in season two. We usually did three weeks of work, so that's three episodes, and then we had a week off. And then three weeks of work, and then a week off. And I 
don't, I mean, it was so long ago now, so I don't remember exactly, but it was like three weeks on one week off, but we had been, we had like, we were working for something. I think we were doing Nickelodeon promos for a week or something like that. And then I want to say so every once in a while we did like four weeks, but then we'd have a couple weeks off. And I believe that's when the kids choice awards happened. And it was just like three weeks of doing episodes, one week of like promos, four weeks of doing episodes, two weeks of kids choice awards stuff, and then three weeks of work after that. And I just remember, I think it was sometime after the kids choice awards. And I obviously I'm so grateful for my job because being on Nickelodeon and being on a TV show like that was a dream come true. But there's just a point where you're kind of sitting in your dressing room and you're like, I just, I just want to sleep for just like 20 minutes. It's just all I want to do is just relax and, and, and just be for a minute. And you just don't get the chance to do that. So much so that uh, when, I mean, I think this was the year I met you, it was 2017. Um, I'd always wanted to go to Iceland and I remember literally having to tell my team cause I was going to be gone for three weeks. I was like, you guys have to let me go on this trip or I, I won't do this anymore. Like I will stop acting. Cause my mom always told me when I was little, if you're not having fun, you shouldn't do this anymore. And I was so overworked cause it was like the year after I had done uh, those three shows in a row. <laughs> I did that like during a summer and I was so exhausted. And I just remember saying like, I have to go do this trip or I just won't, I won't want to do this anymore. Like I need a break. And I'm so grateful. I stood up for myself in that way. Cause it was, I mean, it was insane. It was so wild. Anyway, that's a very long winded answer. Do you have a time in your life where you felt overworked? Oh, um, well, let's go back to you. Oh God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so when you when you decided to travel, mm-hmm. um, that's a hard thing for actors to do. It was so hard. And you left in January, right? I did. Yes. AKA pilot season. I did. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why it was a bit of a conversation with the team, right? Yeah, and I will say the years leading up to that, January's hadn't been like the busiest year ever. And I did it. I'd say February to April is more really pilot season. Yeah, and I was doing the trip. It was like uh, January 3rd or something like that to like the middle of the month. Yeah. Um, So I knew I wasn't going to be missing, you know, the important things. And I also said, I was like, if I need to self-tape something really important, of course I'm going to self-tape it. That's totally fine. But at the end of the day... It's not like they were like, don't go on this trip. My team, thankfully, is incredible. And all of them are like, look, if you need to take time off, like, please live your life. But it was all, it, it was definitely a conversation where they were like, look, it's, Jan- it's definitely January. And three weeks is a long time to be away. Like, it's different than being like, hey, I'm out of town Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because I'll be with family. You know <laughs> what I mean? It was three full weeks across the waters. <laughs> Like, I was in London and in Iceland. In London? Okay. <laughs> All right. We don't do that on the podcast. I didn't know if we were going to do it or not. But <laughs> but I held for it. For you Friends fans, we every time either of us mention London, that, that happens. So that, that was just in case you don't get enough inside peaks to our life, that was one more for you. <laughs> anyway, 
um, yeah, it was definitely a conversation. And at the end of the day, they didn't fight me on it at all. Um, again, because I've said this before on the podcast, I've gotten stupidly lucky with my team. And when I told them, like, this is really something I need to do for me and, and it's something I need to do for my sanity and for my soul, all of them were like, please take this trip. Uh, if we need anything, we will we will let you know. And I was I was fine. I will say there was a reading of Romeo and Juliet that I missed. Not Romeo and Juliet. Headless. I'm so sorry. Headless. That I missed um, because this is like the actor's creed is that if you book a vacation, you'll immediately book a job. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happened to me. I literally booked the flight. And I when I tell you I booked the flight, I did not book this like a year in advance. I booked it, I kid you not, two weeks in advance. <laughs> because Peter and I were just like, let's just do this. Let's just go. And I remember I booked it. And then like a day later, they were like, hey, we're doing the very first reading of Headless. Do you want to like, can you come and do this? And I was like, oh, no. And the dates were, of course, while I was going to be in London. And it was really hard because we'd bought travel insurance. I could have changed the flight. But I was also like, if I change the flight, then I'm just never going to, I'm never going to do it. I'm always going to pick work over my sanity. And that's not fair. And I kind of, you know, I stared at the email for a second and I was like, I'm going to make this choice for me. And I said no. And I went on my trip. And I have zero regrets whatsoever. It was the trip of a lifetime. I got to spend my birthday in uh, Stonehenge and Bath and like run around Iceland and London for three weeks. And it was the greatest thing ever. Peter and I had the time of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's good that you went. I had um, my first ever callback. It was for Criminal Minds. It was like my biggest callback I had ever had. Like first time going on the studio lot and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it would have filmed when I was going to be in Italy. And I knew that I was going. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, that was totally in my head. At the uh, at the callback, yeah. um, because in my mind, you know, it was like I had already <laughs> I was worrying about booking it, mm-hmm. right? So, um, funny enough, all I really had to do for the callback was pretend to get electrocuted, <laughs> which I then, of course, later did <laughs> for one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Uh-huh. Sure, but uh, yeah, I didn't get it, but. Um, but Italy was the one time that I've left the country for a long period of time. Our honeymoon will be interesting. Uh, since I've, since like after college. Yeah. I've been out of the country. But in terms of wh- while being an actor, while like yeah. auditioning and stuff to leave is tough. But we should leave. And, and this is one of the things that, one of the reasons we wanted to talk about this today is uh, when you have a chance to live your life, you really should. Ben Giroux talked about this on his yeah. episode. Yeah. You know, traveling. And traveling or whatever life experience is presented as an opportunity to you, go for it. Do not just perpetually be avail- available. Um, just go for it. This will be a cool story. Right. I uh, I auditioned for Girl Meets World. And it was for the role of one of the high schoolers. And 
I had to go to Nashville very shortly after my audition oh, to yeah, yeah. film a music video for Iris. Um, for those of you who don't know, she is she was a cancer patient that that I had met through Music Is Medicine, and I got to meet her and write a song for her. And she very sadly passed away before we got to fully produce the song and fully do the music video. So I went to Nashville to do this music video. And when I was in Nashville, I got a call from Girl Meets World and they were like, we'd love to have you in for a final callback. And I obviously couldn't make it. And I was presented with the choice of either flying home or doing this thing for this really amazing girl that I met and finishing the music video for her because I wanted to release it on um, Mother's Day for her mom. And I said, I was like, I'm so sorry. Of course I would love to be on Girl Meets World. Boy Meets World, you know this, is one of my favorite shows of all time. Me too. Such a great show. I was like, oh, this is the opportunity of a lifetime. I would love to do this. I'm so sorry. I can't come in. And we told them why. And they agreed to move the... uh, the chemistry reader, the the final callback that I was going to have to the day after I came home, which was like the day before I would start working. And they don't, they don't like to do things like the day before you start working. They, you know, of course, like to have some time. And when they found out what I was doing, because I was, you know, doing this amazing music video for this amazing girl, they were like, no, you need to finish what you're doing because that's more important than, you know, coming in for this TV show and we will wait for you. And they I still, to this day, can't believe it. They waited. I got in the room. They asked about Iris, and they asked about the music video and shooting it. And I ended up booking it, and I loved working on Girl Meets World, and I'm so lucky I got to do it. But it was just another one of those cases of, like, I was just presented with, like, do you go in for your, do you go in for work, or do you go and, like, do this life thing that's really, really important to you? And I'm really glad I stuck it out, and I did Iris's video. It is such... I'm so proud of the music video and I'm so proud of what we did. We were faced with every obstacle. We, it snowed on us. Our car wouldn't work. We could like not get back to the house. We had to call an Uber because like the ice, it was so cold that night that the ice like froze around the tires of the truck. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was freezing. We were snowed in for a couple days. It was so wild, but I'm, I'm so glad I chose to do that experience rather than be like, Ooh, sorry, I can't, I can't shoot this really important thing to me. Because I have to go and, like, go to this callback really quickly. And at the same time, I'm also really grateful that the producers of that show understood. And another happy ending part of this is that I got to bring Iris's mom to the rap party for it. And when I took her, everyone knew who Iris's mom was because they all knew the story of me getting to shoot this music video. So So it meant a lot to her and to everyone. And it meant a lot to me. So if anyone from Girl Meets World happens to be listening to this, thank you for that opportunity to do that because... It was definitely a work or life kind of situation for me, and I felt like I had to choose, and they kind of gave me the freedom to get to do both, and I'm always really grateful for that, because it was an amazing project to work on, and I'm also glad that I got to do my work for Iris. That's so cool. Yeah. I love you. (laughs) I love you. Uh... You asked me earlier if there was a time when I was really too busy. Yeah. Definitely Cuckoo's Nest. Because then I... Yeah. And, and particularly the last two weeks when I was starting rehearsal for Into the Woods, mm-hmm. closing Cuckoo's Nest, um, 
And then remember, I was also a producer on Cuckoo's Nest. And one of the things that we had intended to do that did not get done was um, filming it. Mm -hmm. So then I took it upon myself to uh, produce the filmed version, which we did on closing night. And that whole week leading up to that was a lot of coordinating and then rehearsals at night and then clients starting at 6 a.m. And some of my clients, like one client of mine who still trains with me online, uh, she's like a big sister now. She's known me now for like five or six years. Um, she was like, oh, yeah, you were bloodshot eyes, like dead, <laughs> like dead to the world during our sessions. Yeah. And of course I was. I mean, uh, so for me, I guess the, it's always been, the, the balance has always been like both types of work. Mm -hmm. um, the most acting work I've ever had was Cuckoo's Nest and Into the Woods at the same time. Two acting projects, two like leading roles is a ton. I, I can't imagine what three was like when you were doing that. Uh, hopefully I get to experience what three at one time <laughs> is like. Uh, it was essentially learning all of the music you can possibly learn in a very short amount of time. Well, music and choreo. Uh, <laughs> that was tough too because I'm into the woods. Like a musical isn't like my back pocket comfort zone. So uh, it wasn't like, I don't know, yeah. three three plays I could more likely do. But yeah. anyway. <laughs> So that was that was probably my my most intense time. How about a um, how about a a time uh, when you had a, a, an extended pause? You mean right now? <laughs> I was gonna. My answer was gonna be right now as well. Actually, this hasn't really been an extended pause for me. Knockwood, also so thankful. Um, I came from I hate New Year's from filming that in March to I got to film Don't Log Off while I was doing all of this. Um, I've got to participate in some online um, online shows and charities and stuff like that. So uh, I wouldn't say that this is the biggest pause I've had. I think my biggest pause was actually um, when I went to school is when my biggest pause was. And that okay. was really scary. That was, um, oh boy, that was when I finished Bucket and Skinner and we didn't know if we were coming back. So I went to NYU. Um, we thought they were possibly going to pick us up for another season. They producers of the show asked me to come back to help promote the show because Nickelodeon wasn't giving it that much promotion. And I came back for it and then they canceled the show. And then I, I don't think I worked for a really long time. I think baby daddy might've been the only thing I'd worked on. Um, in that time, but I think it had been like a year and a half of nothing. I worked on my album a lot during that time. Um, I kind of just switched gears, but also working on an album does not give you, like, you don't get paid to work on an album. No. Which album? Um, <laughs> Go ahead. Not Ashley, not the 13 year old <laughs> album. Um, it was the one that I would love to release one day. It's where Limitless is from, and, and when I worked on it with Rebecca, Rebecca White. Um, oh, the one that has not been released. The one that hasn't been released. Um, and we wrote like 30, 40 songs that year. And they were all really good. And I just, it was just a time, it was a good two years of me not working. And that's really scary to go from, you have to remember, I got True Jackson when I was 15. 
And from then on, I, I worked consistently. We did True Jackson for two and a half years. I did the troop, I guess right on the troop. And then I went straight into Buck and Skinner. And that took me to, I think I was 19 when I went to, to NYU. And then to come back from school, which is also very busy. You know what I mean? Um, it, just busy in a different way. And I was also still like going to events and doing promos. We did Worldwide Day of Play on the front lawn of the White House when I was in school. Like I was still very much working during that time. And then to come back and for them to be like, your show's not picked up. And then to have nothing and just sit in my house in the Inland Empire and twiddle my thumbs and and feel so helpless and, and wait and write songs. But to be honest with you, at that point, I didn't have very much life experience. So I was writing songs about... You know, I don't I don't know if they were necessarily things that people could have related to. We tried to make them we tried to like twist them so that people could relate to them, but you know, it was it was just such a weird time and it was a good two years before I was able to do anything. I think um the next time I got something was um how to build a better boy. Mm. And that was a really big deal. But it, I mean it was years of leaning into the pause and I don't even think I'll be really honest I don't think I learned how to lean into the pause during any of that I think I just I waited and panicked and was really anxious and just prayed for something anything to come down the pipe so that you know so that I could go out for auditions even I mean it was slim pickings and that's probably shocking for a lot of people to hear because they think, oh, I was on a hit show on Nickelodeon. I guest starred on another Nickelodeon show. I was on another Nickelodeon show after that as a series regular. So they would assume like, great, you're probably like set for life because you're probably just going to go on to do another TV show very easily. And that didn't happen in the slightest. It was such the opposite of that. I'm just thinking we should reach out to Natalie about <laughs> collaborating on Lean Into the Pause t-shirts and like mugs and hoodies. And I really think so. And then but, give it to all of our actor friends for free. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. When did, when did, what are times that you had to lean into the pause? Never. I've worked constantly. Yeah. Forever. Cool. That must feel great. <laughs> um, what was that like? Tell me. Right now, uh, I think too. Um, I don't know. Every time I, f I feel like um, there's been a long pause, I start to do things to paddle myself back out. Like I create something and the thing doesn't even necessarily need to get created, but just because we finished that script, I feel like momentum has started back up again. Um, I changed out my headshot on Actors Access, and I got two auditions this week. Yeah. I haven't had an audition, I don't think, all of quarantine. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and good ones, too. Like, uh, one's on a TV show that you would all know what that is, and then another one's for an indie movie that, um, I'm really excited about it. It's pretty baller. <laughs> and, yeah, and I'd be a lead role in it. So uh, those were great. We just filmed those today and sent yeah. those off into, into the world. So um, I don't know. I feel like I feel like momentum is such a thing. Sure. Uh, so uh, a 
a hopeful Mismo guest we have not had on yet, Marissa, once said to me, uh, you ride out the wave, and then it'll send you back to shore, and then you have to paddle back out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, um, so I think we're doing that. But yeah, this has been this is this has been much easier to lean into the pause because everyone's paused. Yeah, there's no competition. There's no comparison of like, oh, I'm not working, mm-hmm. but everybody else is. Sure. There's none of that FOMO. <laughs> which sure. really you create for yourself yeah so yeah it's been i think that's that's definitely something to take away absolutely in this time now speaking of work-life balance you like we mentioned earlier there were some late nights how do you because we've had so much time to work in this quarantine and like i mean we were up pretty late writing our script a lot of the time how do you shut your mind off how do you how do you switch gears from like writing all day long to having a relaxing night i will say i loved our late nights uh, me be- too before i actually answer your question uh i have always really loved working late at night <laughs> and when i'm training i have to wake up kind of early in the morning and so i can't really stay up late but the way i passed college was by being in the library from 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. So doing that again was so fun yeah. for me. There uh, was some really, like, it was fun to, to work that late at night. When we first started dating and you would have to go to bed so early because you had, you know, a client at 6 a.m., I remember one night we had to go to bed. You went to bed so early because you were so tired from that day and you had to work the next day. And I remember you saying... You're like, I promise I'm really fun. Like, I used to stay up really late, but I'm, I'm like, really fun. And this is, like, way in the beginning of our relationship. I'm so fun. And now, like, this whole quarantine, I've gotten to see how fun you are. Yeah. That's great. We have a great time. I loved you before that, but it was, it's been, it's been so fun watching you in your natural habitat. Yeah. Feels good. <laughs> anyway, go uh, How do I turn off um, work for the night? I think by doing an activity. Okay. Uh, like when we when we play a board game or when we when we watch a movie, those are those are primary uh, quarantine nights. <laughs> Basically, it's all you can do a movie or a game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or cooking is another one that I, I like um, mm. because it's something active. It's like vaguely creative. Sure. You're technically creating food that you will eat, um, and it's something that you do with your hands. <laughs> And you get away from the yeah. work, you you know. Um, putting my phone down is another one. Um, but yeah, just just um, something, some type of activity that clearly takes me away from it. Or typically, I work out in the morning. But if I haven't, then when I finish work for the day, if I do my workout right after work, then you know, then I. The day is good. Like, I've done all that I want to do for the day, and then I can just take it easy the rest of the day. I will say off days are less frequent because I don't really feel like I need a full off day Mm because we're just home constantly. Mm -hmm. It used to be all of the running around of the week. Um, Mm. and then I would just get Sunday to be like strictly home and I would feel so in need of a home day. Sure. Yeah. 
I don't strongly desire home days anymore because <laughs> I'm never deprived of them. Yeah, every day's a home day. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I have my kind of my days where I do most of my work, but even on like a Saturday or Sunday, like today, we, we did a ton of work. I did both yeah. the self-tapes and a couple other things. And, yeah. You know, but it's not a problem. No. Because th- there are no weekends right now. It almost feels feels more like an I mean at least when we were writing the script it almost felt more like a nine to five because we would write I I feel like we did a pretty good job about like writing and then setting a time to like turn it off sans those like couple of late nights where we were just like really in it we were like just keep going there's like momentum just keep doing it um you were so good about you were truly so good about turning it off when it was time to turn it off and there were times where I just like, I mean, if you hadn't stopped me, I would have just kept going until six o'clock in the morning. With the script? Yeah. And because I'm not, you have to remember, I'm not, I'm used to going to a set and like, there's a time I'm supposed to be there. And then whenever I'm done with work, I'm done with work. And then I can come home and just like chill. But I, uh, this is one of the first and few times I've, I've created something and like worked from home and done that. And it's very much, you know, I'm such a workaholic. Like I, it's so in my nature to just like work, 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 work until I'm, I'm exhausted. And there were a few nights that I remember being like, no, I have to finish the scene or like we have to, maybe we can get the next scene done tonight. And you'd be like, all right, well, let's have dinner and watch a movie. And it would take a minute for, like, I'd get so annoyed because I was like, why? (laughs) Why would you want to do that? And then you'd like walk out of the room and start making dinner and be like, oh yeah, he's right. I should I should get out of this room and, and well you enjoy reach a point day. of diminishing returns yeah and um, but I will also since we're complimenting me I'll uh, just <laughs> I'll just take one more oh boy uh, uh, have I done uh, starting writing yeah um, we would talk about like oh, I don't have any new ideas but you don't need uh, an idea you don't need to necessarily once you're already moving on a script. I would say, let's just sit down and open up the computer and see what happens. Yeah, there were a few of those nights. Some of those nights ended up being the nights we would stay up till 4 a.m. and finish three scenes. Mm-hmm. Because you just, just by sitting down to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And The War of Art is the book where I kind of got that idea from. Uh, I think I've mentioned it a couple of times. But it really talks about there is something powerful about sitting down to do your work. And the work. Um, he calls it resistance. Mm. Everything that, uh, um, or like Patton Oswalt talks about, uh, writing is, uh, you do your writing in one hour, but it takes you eight hours because you spend seven hours dealing with all the like bullshit that's keeping you from writing. Sure. And uh, in War of Art, he calls it resistance, and that's everything that's keeping you away from doing your work. Yeah. So the way to break that down is to just sit down and do it. I, when we first started outlining, there were a few times that I was like, why are we like, let's just stop the outline or like, we have enough of it outlined. Let's just start writing. And I'm so grateful that we didn't do that. And we truly from start to finish outlined the whole thing. Cause it made that part of it. It made the, the resistance part that just like sitting down and opening final draft and seeing what happens it made that so much easier because I knew at least if I didn't know, like 
what I wanted to write for the next scene that we had up, like chronologically, I could look at the board and say, oh, but I know what I want to write for this, and then kind of connect everything later on. So I'm glad we did it. I'm glad we didn't rush into it. I'm glad we did it the right way. Um, yeah, I made that mistake once for us, so you didn't have to. With um, <laughs> Paul Stanko and I talked sure. about best of the best. Yeah, and uh, we we jumped into dialogue too quickly, and that's why we had to end up doing. I think we did six or seven drafts of that because, Oof. and several of them were um, major rewrites, and I think one of them was a page one rewrite. Oof. Yeah. Wow. Um, and we definitely don't have a page one rewrite on our hands. We we know some of the things we want to change to our script, yeah. but but it's in it's in a decent place right now. So yeah, outlining is key. Key. Uh, any other any other work life balance things we didn't touch on? If you want a nice like in the middle of work life, we uh, movies is it's we watch movies all the time in this house. And we just, I, we might have talked about this. We rewatched the entire uh, Marvel Universe movies. In I don't remember. Order. I think we did talk about it last time. And uh, I think we were on Iron Man 2. Yeah. Um, we're done now. <laughs> oh, we're done. <laughs> there were a couple nights of double features. <laughs> um, but honestly, if you want like a not really work, but not really play kind of thing that you can do. Watching movies was like really fun for me because it kept me, um, it was very relaxing because I just got, I got to like sit and watch the movie, but because we were writing and I was in the mindset of like a movie structure, it still kept my work mind kind of going, oh, okay, I see what they did for their always lost moment or for their midpoint moment or how they took all these parts that seemed kind of like discombobulated earlier and in act three kind of like put everything together and now everything makes sense. So watching movies, especially either before or after we were writing that night was so helpful for me. And I, I always, even before we started writing, I always thought it was such a great um, kind of in the middle activity, just middle of the road relaxation Thing, but also uh, just to keep your actor and writer mind active. Yes. You said Marvel, and now I'm just thinking about Chadwick Boseman. I know. I, I know. Um, Black Panther is, both of us, one of our favorite movies. It is, and now, now even more so. Um, yeah. He he was such a gift, and uh, and I'm really happy that we just watched all of them all the way through because you you get introduced to him in Captain America: Civil War, and he is so watchable, so and so inspiring, and um, all I can say is Wakanda forever. Kind of forever. Reading the stories of um, of him the past couple of days and and seeing like his director from Black Panther um, write a really beautiful tribute to him and just reading about all these things he did while he had cancer and no one knew was so um, just so inspiring and incredible. And he was I didn't know him personally, but 
just seemed like the most incredible human on top of being an incredible actor as well. So the article or the interview that stood out was when somebody asked him about he had to uh, lean out and then bulk back up for Black Panther and then lean out again. And they're asking him, like, were you tired? Was that hard? And he said, you have no idea. Yeah. I mean, it is incredible the amount of work those guys put in when in when they're totally healthy, mm-hmm. when they're not dealing with anything. It, The amount of work he put in to give us the action movies that he was putting out in the last few years of his life is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Really, truly a superhero. Rest in power. Yeah. And just to wrap up this episode, you know, he's a reminder of how precious life is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, take every opportunity to live it. Uh, so we're talking about work-life balance today. And, um, you know, there, there's there's no reason not to just... Uh, do do it all. Mm-hmm. So let's end how we how we normally do. Work life balance is something I've had to work at for a very long time, and will probably have to work at for the rest of my life. Uh, work life balance is uh, common sense natural Mm. follow your instincts